You're listening to the AG Lockhart Podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching by Pastor Matt Burton. Morning, all generations. Hope you're doing well today. Thank you for the privilege of being in this place set aside for the worship of God and just the encouragement we have in the Lord's presence and with each other. I do want to echo the, uh, how do I say it, the plea, the voluntold, the command, <laughs> the request for uh, eight ushers. If we get eight, I made a deal with these guys, if we get eight, then you only have to serve in that capacity one time a month. I'm looking at some guys that are ushering right now, or as like we like to say in Lockhart, ushering, uh, that are in the crowd or in the back, that throughout COVID in the last year and a half or whatever, it felt like 20 years that uh, like four or five guys got us through all that. And so I am so appreciative to them. But I want to ask you if, if you could or if you would, if you'd pray about it um, to serve in that way. We'll uh, talk to you about the expectations. We'll let you know what's required. And uh, you can do it. And so I ask you to sign up today, please, so I don't have to fight these guys after church. Although I'm feeling pretty good today. No, y'all sign up, and we'll keep it all peaceful. All right. Who's, take, who's counting jokes today? I need to see at least one hand. I need a joke counter, and it's like every day, good ones, bad ones, and we'll try to be almost half and half. Hey, um, we are starting a new series. We're actually in the second week of the series called Supernatural. We had a healing service. We called it a prayer for healing service last week. Had a great turnout, a lot of response for prayer. And I want to continue speaking of that. We, we try to focus last week on miracles, and particularly one that happened to my family. My wife and her doctor was here. If you weren't here, he shared about the miracle of how uh, there was really no chance for life and then almost impending or possible death for my wife. And then uh, there was a miracle. And I have now my fourth daughter, who last week turned four years old. In presenting a story like that, you know, it's just like when someone asks you how you're doing and you go, fine. You really want to tell them how awesome you are that you've even survived last week. But you're in the middle of Walmart and you don't want to be like, man, if I start telling this, like, just this and this and this. Plus, you know those responses, too, when somebody asks you how you're doing and you go, well, let me tell you. And they're like, well, I'd love to hear it, but i got to get to aisle six. You know, we say fine, and then we read the podcast or the blog or whatever that shames us for saying fine, because we're really not fine, everybody says, and we really ought to be telling everybody how we're doing. I just want to encourage you, in this place or in your community or where you live and do life, find a few people that can speak into your life, the, the message and the hope of God when you're not feeling it, and that you can do the same. And we can't all be that to everybody. But I was thinking last week when, when we in, how, how short was last week? Somebody said they're going to start bringing snacks to church because uh, we prayed for a while. I was thinking, man, it, there's so much happened in our life, and we're trying to tell about it in, in one short story. But the Lord was with us, and he's with you, and we want to encourage our faith. We prayed for some people last week. We've got some cards and pictures up here of people that sent in prayer requests, and We've seen some answers, uh, some people that were here or some people that we've just been praying for through text. My friend Melissa and uh, her family praying for her dad, and he came out of ICU off the respirator and will probably be released 
this week. There's a boy named, you can thank the Lord. There's a young man, her dad is older. There's a young man in his 20s that we're praying for in Oklahoma that has been struggling with COVID and, and with a whole lot of other issues, and his numbers are getting better. The support he's needing from oxygen is going down, and um, his mother has just been asking for prayer. And I like to tell moms, the Lord moves heaven and earth for moms. If you read the Bible, when moms pray, so you keep praying, moms, and we're praying for Cameron. There's been some answers. Then there's also been some like, well, what happened? Did anything happen? And so uh, I want to encourage us in our faith today as we continue in this uh, series called Supernatural. Listen, God didn't just become supernatural because we started the series last week. He didn't call me this week and go, hey, are you preaching on supernatural again? Do I have to do anything? I mean, God is who he is, and we need a supernatural God. Aren't you done with putting your hope in things that fail you, in your own strength or the strength of others or the strength of a system or a government or a person, place, or thing that just really wasn't made to be a God? And so we want to turn our attention to the Lord. We shared about Avalyn's story, part of her story, the miracle, and I remembered in the middle of that process when, when Avi had stopped growing and PJ's uterus had failed, and, and then everything turned around, as, as the Dr. Barry shared last week. Oh, and I meant to mention, Dr. Barry asked us to pray for his wife. She came out of the hospital and is at home this week also, doing very well. And I get to call him today for a checkup. Like, I'm trying to, like, act big. Like, I'm hanging out with doctors and everything. It's like, so I'll be calling Dr. Barry later. I'll let y'all know how he's doing. But we are so thankful that Lisa's out of the hospital. But I remember looking at my wife when the miracle had happened in our life and Avalyn had started growing and it looked like maybe she could be born and maybe PJ was going to make it. I mean, it's something when doctors look at your wife in the hospital with a 200 heartbeat for three days and go, uh, I don't know. And so we came through a lot. But I told PJ, I said, you know, when we say we had a miracle, I imagine some people think we had a problem, God put us on a white cloud, and we floated to the finish line. And I remember telling us it's more like a war. Even with the miracle, it felt and still some days feels like a war. And I'll tell you, we're still in a war. avalyn has been hospitalized twice this summer. She, we came back early from a trip this weekend because she got sick. And uh, I want to tell you, the age we live in now until the Lord returns, this age, the present age, it's not only, but it is always a war. One artist said, life's not only, but it's always a war. When the kingdom comes, when he returns in the sky, we'll enter into a new age, a millennial kingdom. It will be different, but this is a fight. And so I don't want you to feel like if you see a presentation about a miracle, you're just like, oh, man, God sure took care of them. He must love Matt more than me. Not true. The Bible says in John that the same love the Father has for his son, he has for you. The same way God feels about Jesus and loves him and loves him with all his heart, soul, mind, and strength, he loves you too. It's in John. So there's a finish line, but it's a war to get there. and We're still fighting. You know, it's interesting in Jude chapter 9, it says that the archangel Michael and the Satan himself were arguing over Moses' body after Moses' death. I don't even know what to do with that verse. And I'm asking you not to turn there and try to figure it out. I'd like you to uh, fall asleep while I'm talking, not by what you're reading. Two bad jokes, no good ones yet. Count it. 
I've looked at some of the uh, wisest people in our congregation and our family of all generations, and I've seen a few of them go through in this last about two years some of the most difficult times of their life, and I'm thinking, wow, Lord, these are giants in the faith, and yet the enemy is still trying to wreck their faith, and you're still holding them together. I want you to know when we get the miracle we're praying for, the healing we're praying for, it is still going to be a war to hold on to that miracle, and more than that, to hold on to our faith in Jesus Christ. All right. I w- we were singing, and I sure appreciate our team, but during one of the songs, um, I just had a, I had a vision, supernatural vision. It was that scene from Jaws, <laughs> where the shark comes up, where they finally see the shark. Did anybody watch that? All right. He's like, can we confess to watching Jaws at church? Is that good, bad? So you know the one, even if you haven't seen the movie, you heard the line, we're going to need a bigger boat. The dude said it's so cool, right? They're throwing whatever that stuff is in the water to make sharks come. I don't do that. And, the, and they're talking, and he turns around, and there's like Jaws. Like, and he looks at the shark and the boat and goes, we're going to need a bigger boat. The Bible puts it like this, and according to our faith, if we can't run with men, how are we going to run with horses? I want you to know whatever's getting us by today is not going to get us by tomorrow. We need more, but the Lord is supernatural, and he's enough. But we are going to have to double down with him. We're going to have to go all in with him. We're going to have to make our confession again. We're going to have to lean into his mercies that are new every morning. But what got us by tomorrow, yesterday you might say we're going to need a bigger boat. Not that we need another God, but we need more of a relationship with him, more faith in him, more believing in him, more time with him, more worship, more confession, more changing direction, more holding on to God who, thank God, is holding on to us. So this series, Supernatural, is to encourage our faith that we would reach for more. Because if we think we have enough now, listen, the days are ahead, planned by God to purify his church and to judge his enemies. The days are ahead that we will not withstand unless we are standing with God. If you have your Bible, I'm going to read this verse to you. Good, he's finally starting. Yes, I am. Exodus 15, 25. The Israelites have come across the Red Sea. Pharaoh's army has been drowned in the Red Sea. They've walked around for three days without water. And it says the Lord led them to a place where the water was bitter. Three days with no water, a few million people. They come to a place and go, water. And the Bible says it was so bitter they couldn't drink it. And the Lord looks at Moses and says, take this piece of wood and throw it in the water. He throws it in the water and it turns to where they can drink it. And then the Lord tells them after that, He issues a ruling and instruction for them to put them to the test. So the Lord does a miracle, gives them water, and then he puts them to the test. He says, if you'll listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what's right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Now, I like that last part, the Lord who heals you, but look at all the things God is testing his people about. Will you Listen, will you carefully listen? Will you do what's right in my eyes? Will you pay attention? Will you keep my commands and my decrees, the things that I say or the way I run my kingdom? If you live in that way, he's saying you are positioned 
to not struggle with the diseases and the plagues that went on Egypt. Does anybody remember some of the plagues in Egypt? I think there were a lot of them. I always just remember frogs. Frogs were everywhere. They did this, God did this plague on frogs. And, and one pastor who knew a lot more than me said each plague was confronting their false belief in a false God. And there was one day or week or month, I don't know how long it was, it's more than a day, where it was just everything was frogs. Now, if I'm these people and the Lord goes, hey, I'm not going to put them frogs on y'all if y'all do this, I'll be like, I'm signing up for that. I don't know, maybe you like frogs, toads. They got a bunch of names, you know, like rappers. They're famous. They got a lot of names. I don't like them. It's interesting when God was done with the plague and, Moses, and Pharaoh kind of relented and then backtracked, and Moses goes, when do you want the frogs to be gone? You can look it up in Exodus. Pharaoh said, tomorrow. I'll be like, bro, last week. I mean, I want to rewind time. Pharaoh, hard-hearted, goes, you can get rid of the frogs tomorrow. Kind of like, I could take it one more day. I'll be like, no, sir. I'm not talking about a few frogs in the back of your mom's house in that little pond that she has. I didn't read that in a book. My mom had this pond. I stayed with her a little while. The frogs at night. I got up one night with a five-gallon bucket, scooping them out of things. Not because I like to catch frogs, because I wanted to go to sleep. Three in the morning, 20-something frogs in the bucket, and I'm done. Like, I can't catch more than 20-something. I go let them out down the other side of town next to my friend's house that I coach with. <clears throat> I couldn't sleep. When those frogs hit Pharaoh, kind of like the shark around that boat, when those frogs hit Pharaoh, it was frogs in the bed, frogs in the chariot, frogs in the palace, frogs in the gutter, frogs in the street, frogs in the store. The plague was everywhere. God says, if you will follow me. You don't end up with plagues. You end up with blessings. In this series of Supernatural, as we're thinking about this, listen, God is asking of us to meet him with our faith while he meets us with his love and his power. This isn't let's just lay down and see what God's going to do. This is let's lean in. Let's say to the Lord, we have faith, and where we have unbelief, help our unbelief. Lord, we believed you yesterday, but we want to re-believe you today. Lord, I've got this much faith. Next week, let me have this much Let's lean in. God is asking, testing his people if they will love him and not just want to receive from him. That's what that verse is about. Jesus, God in the flesh, this is about him in Matthew 14, verse 13. As soon as Jesus heard the news, this is the news of John the Baptist, his cousin, being beheaded by Herod. As soon as Jesus heard, that they had cut the head off of his cousin. He left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was, and they headed and followed him on foot for many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped out of the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. In his time of suffering and grief, and I just need to be alone with my father to process the evil in this world and how it's impacting my family, Jesus instead is interrupted by a crowd in need. And what does he do? He doesn't say, I'm the son of God, leave me alone. Don't y'all understand what just happened to my cousin? Don't you see my family's in need right now and you should be ministering to me? What does he do? He has compassion. He loves them and he does something about it. 
We're going to talk a little bit about healing today, and I just want you to know I heard a great message from our real-life youth camp this summer where we saw a lot of excellent, wonderful, supernatural things happen. This man presented a message that God heals not to demonstrate his power, but to demonstrate his love. If you need a miracle or healing in your life, lean into the fact that God loves you and wants to take care of you. That is why he's going to heal you. Supernatural healing. What do we do when the answer is yes? What about when the answer is no? What about when the answer is wait? Let's pray. Father, we ask you by your Holy Spirit to release wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God to help us understand on the inside more than what a person could say, although you've chose the foolishness of preaching to bring faith by the word of God. Lord, more than what a person can say or we could even understand with our own ears, would you help us supernaturally to understand what you're saying to us today? In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's start about when God says yes to your prayer for healing. Let me just ask you, anybody praying for healing online? Anybody got a need? Anybody praying for healing? I've got a picture of a friend of mine's mother, jaw cancer. Friend of mine's father in a hospital with covid Prayer requests here, several family members. Anybody's prayer list longer today than it was yesterday? We're praying for healing. What about when God says yes? Let's look in his word. Luke 5. In one of those villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed his face to the ground, begging to be healed. He's praying. The author uses the word begging. Because it's relentless and it's a cry for help. Lord, he says, if you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. So he comes to the Lord in humility. He, he, he recognizes who Jesus is. You're God, I'm not. If you're willing, so I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to ask you what you want to do. But I have faith that you can heal me even from this disease that's incurable and that has him as an outcast to the society. No one can be around this guy. He can't even approach people. He's risking his life already right here. But this guy probably already knows I'm almost dead anyway. He can't see my family. There's no cure for me. He runs to the Lord. And in humility and in prayer, he asks him, if you're willing, you can heal me. And look at verse 13. Jesus, the God of compassion and mercy, reached out and touched him. And he says, I am willing be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Yes. Who's signing up for the instant healing today? Nobody has that much faith. All right, come on. I got some extra. I got some extra. Man, Lord, please, could it happen in about 0.1 second? It can. The Lord, what I want to encourage us with this is the Lord is willing to heal us. We don't have to twist his arm. We don't have to be somebody else. We don't have to make a bunch of promises. God loves you and wants to heal you. So when you're praying and all of the darkness is battling you to pray, you ever prayed like that? You start to pray and you're like, it's even dumb to ask again. Or this is impossible. Or why if I asked God last time. Or I go to the church where that guy can't even get through on time and has so many whatever and Two bad jokes and whatever. I mean, God's not going to heal anybody at my church. No, you need to remind yourself. Lean into God and say, I know the Lord is willing to heal because he loves me. 
Whether you see the healing or don't see the healing, you need to know God loves you and wants to heal you. And he's already done it. And Isaiah says, by his stripes, we are healed. Sometimes we're just waiting for our body to catch up with the truth. But everything catches up to God's truth sooner or later. What about when God says yes? He's willing to heal. Jesus comes close to a man no one will come close to. He touches a man no one will touch. He will go where no one else will go. Sometimes you end up in a place where they go, there's no hope. My friend Melissa, whose dad left the ICU and will be home pretty soon from Seton Kyle. The day they picked him up to take him to the hospital, looked at him and said, you going to die today? That's what the ambulance said when they got him. Then they called Melissa and said, we're putting him on a, in, a ventilator, and the percentage for a ventilator survival is, they told her more bad news. But listen, if God says he lives, he lives. Jesus will go where no one else can go. You need to have faith in that. I know there's a few people in here that have seen the Lord show up where you were, where no one else would go. The man comes to Jesus in faith and humility. If you're willing, you can. That verse earlier in Exodus said the Lord was testing people. Will you love me? Will you follow my commands? Are we in a relationship or you just need a good grandpa in the sky that will give you 20 bucks when you come by to see him? I love this man saying, if you're willing, and Lord, he comes humbly. It's not uncommon in our world because of who we think we are to say, Lord, if you'll do this, then I'll do this. Making a deal with the Lord. I would encourage us to come to appeal to who he is and how he is. Appeal to his lordship and appeal to his love, not to making demands at a bargaining table with God. I would encourage us to grow in our faith in that way. Now, if you've ever said to the Lord, Lord, if you'll do this, I'll do this, then do what you said you're going to do. And don't feel bad. I'm not condemning you. I'm saying we're going to grow in our faith to be humble and to submit to the Lord and call him Lord. Does that sound good with y'all? I need to stay here a minute because I've already made a few people mad. If you ever said to God, Lord, if you'll do this, I'll do this, fine. Many times, Moses said, Lord, if you'll go with me, I'll go. So if you've said that, that's great. I want us to grow further than that and say, Lord, you're God, and if you're willing, heal me. But to come in faith. He wasn't just saying, hey, God's going to do whatever he's going to do. He was coming to Jesus for healing. When God says yes, sometimes it's in an instant like this guy, and sometimes it's a process. Anybody ever been in the process? Oh, I like instant. Oh, I like instant. I like instant drive through I like instant Chick-fil-A. I like instant, co- not coffee. I like instant fast, just get it done. But sometimes it's a process. You can read in uh, 2 Kings 5, a guy named Naaman had this same disease, leprosy, and he heard about a prophet that could heal him. And part of his process was he had to go to where the prophet was. Sometimes we've got to move from where we are, spiritually, physically, emotionally, in our minds. Sometimes we have to move. He went and he saw the prophet, and the prophet didn't even come out to him. He got offended. And the prophet said, go, go to the Jordan River, bathe seven times, you'll be healed. And he's like, man, that dude didn't even come out to talk to me. I, really, there's a translation that says, dude, didn't come out to talk to me. Not said, he didn't even come out to talk to me. He gets offended. He said, my river in my country is better than the Jordan River, and he takes off mad. Oh, that we would guard our hearts not to get offended at the Lord. 
Not to get offended when the Lord says, if you obey me, you don't even get disease. When you obey me, you'll be well. When you obey me, it'll go well with you. Don't get confused now. Everybody you know sick, you're going, well, you're such a sinner. The Bible says we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Are y'all with me? All right, just pretend or laugh, what something, because I want to throw this deal. Oh, it's too heavy. I want to stir our faith. Instantly, this guy's leprosy disappeared. Naaman has to have his friends correct him and say, boss, come back. If he would ask you to do something like climb a mountain or give a bunch of money, you would have done it. Go get in the water. And Naaman goes in the water. Anybody know how many times? Seven. There was a process. Every time he went in the water, another step of faith. Every time in the water, another step of faith. But after seven times, it says his skin was clean. Some of you prayed last week or last month or 20 years ago, and God already started the process. You just aren't on number seven yet. Let's not give up. Let's not shrink back. Let's have faith. Our God has compassion and mercy and power to heal us. We might be on the seventh dunk in the river, and God's like, if you'll wait with me one more, it's coming. Or you might be on number one. Oh, I don't want to be on number one and have seven more to go. Anybody ever been in a car? How much further? If you like where you're going to, it doesn't matter how much further. If we're headed toward healing, then whatever God says, he says, I'm still in the car with him. Is that helpful? Eh. There was a blind man in Mark chapter 8 said, I want to be healed of my blindness. Jesus walked him out of town. Sometimes God has to take us out of where we are to get us to where we're going to be healed. Sometimes we're not healed yet because if God healed us here, we'd have more trouble than before we were healed. Some things God's doing in our life, he says yes, and he starts healing us, but he moves us somewhere else. What good does it profit a man to gain the whole world, have all the healing he could have, and lose his soul? Sometimes God is moving. He moved the guy out of the city. He spits in his eye, but that would be rude. So the Bible says spittle. I like to say it in an English accent, spittle. So Jesus puts spittle in his eye and tells him to open his eyes and said, can you see? This is Jesus, the son of God, holy spittle in his eye. And he goes, well, I kind of see it's people, but it looks like trees. And you know what Jesus does? The same thing. Spittles in his eye again. He rubs them and goes, now I can see. I'm thinking, man, if Jesus needs two times with this guy, maybe I'll give him a few more times with me. Maybe I'll come down here and pray one more time. Maybe if it took that guy two holy spittles, maybe I need a whole lot more. Maybe God's in doing a process. Maybe my healing is coming, but I'm going to trust who he is and what he can do, not just if I can see guys that look like trees or if I can really see them. I like to think maybe somebody that looked like me was there, and Jesus goes, if I just heal this guy real fast and he sees Matt first, he's just going to want to be blind again. So he did it in a process. I mean, I don't know. But even Jesus sometimes took a process. So if you didn't get some instantaneous healing that time you prayed for it, don't leave Jesus at the altar and say, I'm never going back there again. Say, Lord, whatever you're doing, if you want to, you can heal me, and I trust you because you have compassion. Even when you're suffering, Jesus, you have compassion on me. All right, I need a people in the back to quit spitting on each other. Let's do that at the end of the service. I'm just kidding. Have I got any good jokes yet? Am I like 0 for 4? 
Don't tell me out loud. I'll just get discouraged. Sometimes Jesus says yes, and sometimes it's a process. Okay? Bow your head. Lord, I'm willing. You're willing. I know you can do it. Heal these prayer requests. If it could be in an instant, we'll take it. But I'm committed to following your process. Amen. What about when Jesus says, no? Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote most of the New Testament. When Jesus saved his life, he was a murderer of Christians. Jesus appeared to him in a vision, a light so powerful it blinded him. And then Jesus told a guy to go heal him of his blindness, and, he's, and the guy was scared because he was a Christian killer. And Jesus said to that guy that was going to go heal him, I'm going to show Paul what he has to suffer for me. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trials. You will have suffering. We're not going to be rescued out of everything because we need to be in some things because God has us there for a reason. It's another issue of trust. This is one of those times. Paul is writing, and he says, to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a problem he wanted to be healed from, a messenger from Satan, he called it, to torment me and to keep me from becoming proud. I mean, i got to spend some time with this verse. So the Lord's allowing a messenger from Satan to be a thorn in Paul's flesh to keep his pride at a certain level. Because Paul says before these verses, I've seen visions, I've seen miracles, I've been to the number heaven. It was like a number, like I went to heaven, 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 heaven. And he says, I could be proud in all these things, but I'm not going to be proud. And he says, and the Lord is helping me. He gave me something to help my pride, to hem me in, to corral me, to keep me a boundary so that I'm where he wants me to be and not somewhere else. I'm just going to tell you this. This would make me believe that some things in our life, not, God's not going to move them because they're helping us stay where we need to be. Three different times I begged the Lord. There's a humility and there's a consistency in prayer. There's a not giving up. I begged him to take it away. Each time the Lord said, my grace is all you need. So God answers him, but he says, no, not that way. I'm going to give you grace enough to live with this thorn in your flesh. Grace is an enabling, a power, a presence of God. He didn't take the thing away, but he made it where that thing didn't kill Paul. It helped him. It was an asset to him to keep him where the Lord wanted. Some of us, we've prayed for some things. And we don't know if God's saying it's in process or we don't know if he's saying, no, my grace is sufficient. Paul knew after praying three times God wasn't going to take it, but that he could depend on God to help him. There's a verse in Psalm 41.3 that says, The Lord sustains you on your sickbed and restores you from your bed of illness. There's moments in our life where we stay with the problem but the Lord sustains us in that problem. Let me show you what that doesn't look like. We have a problem. God says no, and we leave God. Let me show you what it looks like over here. God says no, and we say, Lord, I'm with you no matter what. And the Lord gives us enough grace to live with the thing. Some of us are going to live with some things for the rest of our lives until Jesus comes in the sky and we become like him, and we get a glorified, resurrected body that doesn't die and doesn't get old and doesn't uh, all the things our body does. <laughs> I had three more bad jokes, but I'm just losing today, so I didn't say them. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. And so Paul says, I'm glad to boast about my weakness, my problem, 
because the power of Christ can work through me. Something's been broken in some of our lives for so long, but we've continued to be faithful to the Lord because He sustained us. Where other people said, forget you, God. If you ain't going to fix this, I want a different God. You've said, Lord, this is hard. Man, it's tough. And I can't make it another day. And you've made it another year and another decade. And the Lord says, you made it because in your weakness, I've been strong in your life. And I'm using it for a reason. I had a friend tell me today about her battle with cancer. The Lord told me I'd come out of it, but he told me I had to walk through it. And that walking through it becomes a testimony that people see. I just feel like I'm yelling, pointing, screaming. Smile, Matt. Be kind. But this is a battle. God didn't answer. He didn't heal me. And the Bible says right here, sometimes he says no. I don't think there are unanswered prayers. You know the song? Sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. God sounds just like Garth. That was awesome. Y'all recording? There's not unanswered prayers. He hears you. He sometimes says yes. He sometimes says no. But in the no, he says, I'm enough for you to make it through. So last week, some people prayed and they didn't see any results. I want to tell you, God's still working. We have an option when we hear the word no. I don't like that answer. I'm going somewhere else. Or we can say, I love you, God. I trust you, God. I'll follow you for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer, in sickness or in health. Oh, I'm praying that I would love God. No matter what happens to me, I would love God. And it's going to take him in me to do that. But I'm asking, Lord, whatever that takes, put it in me. Whatever Paul had that could help him be sustained in you, put it in me too. And the Lord says, that's called my grace, my presence, my nearness, my power in you being made perfect. There's a lady named Sarah Young. You may be familiar with her work. She has a book called Jesus Calling and Jesus Today and Jesus Always. She takes verses and their meaning and she writes them as if Jesus is saying them to you. Well, I got told about it at a, at a youth camp. I, I got one for my wife. It's been a blessing to our family. But this book, it was the second or third one, Jesus Always, she writes this in the introduction, millions of copies. She writes this, I have been contending with impaired health for many years, since August 2001. In, in my quest to find healing, I've gone to a number of doctors. I've tried a variety of medicine and medical treatments. I continue to have significant limitations in my life, yet I have found joy in my journey. My inability to be, quote, out and about, end quote, very much has given me more time to focus on Jesus and enjoy his presence. It has also provided opportunities to spend time with precious friends and acquaintances. I no longer drive because of the dramatic chronic vertigo that I have since 2008. So another issue. As a result, caring friends have driven me to various places, often staying with me in times during long waits for doctors. Spending time with these wonderful people has been a source of much pleasure for me. Leading a quiet life helps me to look for and find little treasures that brighten my day, a cardinal, a blue jay in flight, a, quote, coincidence, reminding me that God is at work in the details of my life. I try to take time every day to jot down in a notebook a few of the recent blessings I've received. I call it my thanks book, but it could just as easily be called my joy book. 
looking for the good things and thanking God for them cheers me up and changes my perspective, helping me see life through a different grid of gratitude. Sarah Young, best-selling author, limited by illness. But I would dare to say, based on her testimony, she might not have ever written the books she's written had she not been hemmed in by the illnesses that she struggles from. I'm not trying to have a theology or I'm not smart enough to understand. Did God give that to her or whatever? He works all things together for good. Like Paul, he's told Sarah Young and told us, if I leave it with you to bear it, you and I together can bear it. And it's going to keep you and put you in a place that will be a blessing to you and to others. Paul may have never written some of the books of the Bible, been imprisoned with the testimony, guards that were saved, families that were saved, you and I reading the word of God. It may have never happened had Paul not had this thorn, but the Lord says, if you're going to have it, I'm enough for you. Will you pray with me? Lord, if you're not going to take this thing from me, from my wife, from us, then we will lean on your grace. It will be enough. You are enough for us. Amen. So what about when God says maybe or wait? Oh, probably my least favorite. (laughs) Waiting, maybe, later. A man named Lazarus was sick. He lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured an expensive perfume on the Lord's feet, wiped her hair with her tears, wiped his feet with her hair, and her brother Lazarus was the one sick. So John's giving us a little backstory. I want you to know who these people are. These are devoted followers of Jesus. The two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. Jesus would go to their house. He'd have meals with them. He'd stay with them. This is Jesus' people. They send a prayer request to Jesus. Lazarus is sick. Come quickly. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, John's letting us know again, Jesus loves these people. Although he loves them, he stayed where he was for the next two days. This verse right here can keep you from being offended at God. And in the Bible, when it talks about the last days, one of the things Jesus asks his followers, will you be offended by me in those times? Because of the way things go. Some of us are offended from social media, offended from the election, offended from the regulations, offended from the CDC or the not CDC or the ABCDEFG or the this person or the that person or the this system or the that system. Everything in our culture making us mad and we divide and divide and divide and the Lord goes, offense is coming. Will it offend you? And he could have said this to Mary and Martha. What's going to happen when your brother's sick and I don't come for a couple of days? But he doesn't say it that way. He says he's not going to die. It won't end in death. I'm going to stay here. It's for God's glory. Some of us, we're praying, and the Lord is coming. He's just not here yet. Well, what does that mean, Matt? He's over there and not here. No, the Lord lives in us, but his answer just hasn't come yet. No, that's not the right way to say it. He's healing us. He's going to heal us. He just hasn't made it in the time yet. He waits for two days. Next verse. Well, later on, he comes there. They say he's buried over here. And he says, roll the stone away. The one they called for healing is in the place, but Lazarus is already dead, so they think it's too late. Anybody ever thought it's too late? 
I'm pulling down on the argument today of too late. It's not too late. It's over, and it's not over in this story. He says, pull the stone away. And Martha, his sister, said, Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Some of us think we're so far past our healing that whatever God's going to do is going to make a mess of everything. He should have done it a long time ago. They want their brother to be healed. Jesus is doing something, and they're arguing with him about it. Oh, that God would help our hearts not to argue with him about it. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you you would see God's glory if you believe? That's your verse for today. If you'll keep believing, you'll see God's glory. Move the stone. I don't want to move the stone. Pray. I don't want to pray. Come to the front. I don't want to come to the front. Believe. I don't want to believe. Why are we arguing with the Lord? He might be late in our time, but he's right on time in God's time. Right on time in God's time. For God's glory, he's going to show up on the day he shows up, and he's going to do something nobody could believe. I asked the Lord to heal my wife's blood pressure 20 years ago, but we still, four years ago, went through that pregnancy with high blood pressure. And the Lord goes, I'm going to show up when I show up. And I just want to tell you, I have a child in heaven that I never met. Our fourth pregnancy, Avi's our fifth, our fourth pregnancy failed. She went to be with the Lord. There's an idea that we look at people and go, oh, Matt gave his testimony about his kid being healed. Yeah, I have another one that got eternally healed. I never met her, but I'll see her one day. How do you know she's a girl? That's a long story. But I know. I just went off on a tangent. Didn't I tell you, Matt, you would see my glory if you, if you believe? And through the things we're going through, we pray, Lord, help our belief. Help our belief. We want to believe. Give us the gift of faith. It says in the Bible there's a gift of faith. I want the gift of faith. I want to believe. Jesus says this about his return. When I come back, will I find faith in you and me? And I say, Lord, put it in there so you find it. <laughs> Here's my heart. Put the faith you want in there, and when you come looking for it, I'll have it. Oh, Lord, give us the gift of faith. We can very easily become like Martha and argue with Jesus when he starts working on the very thing we want him to work on. When we have to wait, the Bible encourages us that we need to wait on the Lord. In Isaiah 40, it says before this, young men with strength will get weak. Life will wear them out. But if we wait on the Lord, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youth will become weak and tired, and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust, those who wait in the Lord, those who pray, those who stay steadfast, those who believe, those who keep on, will find new strength, and they'll soar like wings like eagles and run and not grow weary and walk and not faint. I want to encourage you today. God has said yes to some things in your life. You prayed to receive Jesus as your Lord. You gave him your life, and on that day, he healed you eternally from your sin. Some of you have had people, family members that were a long way away, and God's brought you back together. Remember what he's done. He said yes to a lot of things. The things he's saying no to, he will hold us together and sustain us, but we can keep asking. And then the waiting. I want to speak to the waiting today. If you're waiting on that healing, waiting on that miracle, the Lord is already on the way. It was finished at the cross. We're just catching up with his timetable. There are going to be more healings, more stories about God's power breaking out. We're going to hear about prodigals coming home. 
we are going to hear about people that were gone, let's say, 15 years separated from their parents, but on the 16th year, they're going to come home. I'm calling that sweet 16. You like that? Let's get a cake. You have a cousin. Somebody has a cousin. You think, we'll never be cool again. We, it's too much water under the bridge. I'm going to tell you, the Lord built a bigger bridge. There's some of you, you've been like my wife. We're going on year 20 praying for healing in our endocrine system. I've got daughters that were healed. I can tell you miracle after miracle. I'm like, why does that one happen and this one doesn't? And the Lord goes, you just believe in me. You just believe in me. You keep talking to me. You stay in it with me. I'm in it with you. And isn't God so good that he's in it with us? Amen, he is. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. Jesus had compassion on the people that he saw. And me too, because I got a whole other page of notes. I'll just save that for next week. How about that? Oh, I got one good joke. Yeah. Hey. You keep on, Ace. We started with the verse that, that said, I am the Lord who heals you. Go to the doctor, take the medicine they tell you to take. There's nothing wrong with all that. But any healing that comes to us, any healing, God did it, however he did it. And we want to believe. And I'm believing. And we're leading this church, our team and our staff and our people that make decisions around here. And you guys praying with us and leaning in. And us as a family, we're leaning into God that he's going to show us some things. And if he doesn't change it, he's going to change us in the process. So I'm inviting us today to consider a few things. Maybe you want to stand with me. Maybe you want to sit and uh, bow your head. Well, that's a clear invitation. Why don't you stand unless you don't, can't, or don't want to. But let's just present ourselves to the Lord. And let's say to the Lord, Lord, thank you for all the yeses that have been in my life. And thank you that you're with me even when you say no, you're working it all for my good. And Lord, here in the waiting room of this prayer request that I have asked you for and asked you for and asked you for, I'm telling you, Lord, I believe in you. I believe you can heal me if you're willing. I believe you love me. I believe you're working. And today, Lord, I want to say to you, here I am. Supernaturally, touch our bodies. Supernaturally, touch our relationships. Supernaturally, touch our minds supernaturally touch our emotions supernaturally meaning a power that's above our own power we ask you Lord to come you had compassion on the people you saw and you have compassion on us and you healed them and today Lord we confess we believe that your power is to heal us because you love us so Lord humbly I ask you if today's the day have your way and if today is not the day Lord you'll find me in the place of prayer asking you tomorrow because I believe in you your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts but we trust in you the living God while others trust in chariots and horses money and power strength and wisdom intelligence we trust in you God and Father I just confess it over all of us if you can spit in a man's eye and help him to see 
then you can use a service called Supernatural to heal our lives also. And I ask you to do it today in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more information about All Generations Church, go to aglockhart.org.